morning we're in Perkhtasval Pasak Yadalid. If Hashta says there's no shear next Sunday morning, but look out for the email because I'll be at the conference for Shabbos and I'm speaking Sunday also. Shailiz is the Bhdesha Yasu to make a clone of myself and uh, genetically split everything and then get back. But if I can't, Ben if you can figure out a way for me to do it. So I uh, just look out for the email. Perik Tezvav Pasigyadalid. Shimshon had agreed with the leaders of Yehuda to be handed over because it was part of his plan to periodically teach them a lesson. So they would be nervous enough not to start up till the next time he has to do it. And this is an opportunity. Keep in mind it's getting more difficult. He doesn't know which opportunities he's going to select before they come up. And here he's hiding in a cave, and they surround Yehuda, which they did last week, demanding that he hand, hand it over. Normally, if they're miyachet him, it's a machlekes, they were miyachet him. If he technically did something wrong, which he didn't, but they possibly thought he did, or most of the people thought he did, or they would pretend to think that he did, at this point, Baruch Hashem, it doesn't make a difference. He tells them, as long as you don't try to kill me or hurt me, just bind me up in whatever strong rope you have, and I will go peacefully, which he does, and the Plishtim are temporarily celebrating this victory, they finally have Shimshin in their hands. Pasuk Yedalad, Ubad Lachi, Plishtim Eriu Likrasai, Eriu hasn't celebrated, cheered. Titzlach Ruach Hashem, Tiena Havaisim Asher Al Zoisav, Kapishtim Asher Baro Beish, Viyamasu Asurov Me'al Yodov, and the very, very strong new ropes just melt off his hands. So we saw this last week, this in Tezvav. He then proceeds to get rid of his captors and then some because they're all the same, it doesn't make a difference who in particular is holding him. There wasn't even any central government here. There were city-states, and you can't even blame this one on the kings of the various city-states, Ashkelon, Ashdod, Azza. It doesn't make a difference because they're doing damage by pillaging, stealing, attacking wherever they have the opportunity, which means they're all liable and as soon as he's free he finds something to hold in his hand Farshim either don't comment which means that they don't have a criticism because if you're killing people with your bare hands you don't have a machine gun, doesn't have a sword it could just be in terms of chapped hands killing a thousand people just you have some sort of object in your hand that could make it easier I'm mentioning that because not many but some of Farshem suggest that already this was too much Hishtadlus not convinced he has a lot of interesting, none of these are conventional weapons, when you tie up foxes after you manage to catch them which is a nace unto itself and many of them and tie their tails together and put a torch between them and everything holds enough to 
light up the countryside. That's not a conventional weapon either. He did it in his mind, and he's 100% right. The more bizarre it is, the better it is for their nerves or lack thereof. So whatever they're going to talk about more, whatever's more newsworthy, is in this particular case good. So for the Plishti Gazette, the daily that comes out, that tabloid, if they can report that uh, it was incredible, Mamish Maisenisim, and he's out of control, uh, you can be sure they didn't say the Maisenisim was because of the uh, Jewish one and only God. But he's out of control, and he's um, a superhuman person if you get him on the wrong side. You could pay for it. That's exactly the type of news that he wants to spread around. So he clearly didn't plan on finding a particular weapon because it says Vayimsa. That's the next word in the Pasuk. Pasuk Tezvav. Whatever was lying around. What they do mention is the fact that he found this might not be the best simon for him because again, it's a bone of a behemoth Tamea. So you'll say, foxes aren't kosher either. But if you remember, we had a Chazal there. And Chazal say that he picked foxes because foxes walk backwards when they're threatened. And he knew that if they're threatened here because there's something very hot by their tail, they're going to quickly run backwards. And here you have the bizarre sight where they're running backwards, dragging this torch. And the symbolism of running backwards is the accusation, the plishtim, are backing out of there, which they managed to do in every point of history, they're backing out of the deal that was made with Abmavinu, and they're the ones breaking the treaty, and that's why he's taking the Kama to stop it. Not just in the Kama, he just wants them to stop it, but he's pointing out that not only do they start first, but they're actually breaking a treaty. Over here, a bone of a Chamar, a pretty fresh young Chamar, is not a great sign, some point out, because it's a behemoth Tamea, similar to the comment where he found the honey, which ended up being kosher, we're not exactly sure why, Kavush Kumavushal, only Durabanon, and whatever the Mahalach was, but it was from a carcass of a lion. And the lion itself was somewhat of a warning, even though there the Pusik says his parents didn't know, but he was doing the Devar Hashem. So you want to talk about warnings? There's no neon light that says you're doing something wrong because there couldn't be. He's doing this right. The plan was there's no plan, any opportunity you strike when they're not expecting and therefore they'll get very nervous in other cities because there's only one person. With that said, there could be some Ramazim that he's getting deeper. He's about to get in some very, very um, difficult uh, surroundings with some very difficult and toxic people. He's always dealing with toxic people. But uh, from the Shidduchim, he's going to suggest from here on, it can get a lot more dangerous than it was even in the first place. So some do bring that up. This is what he found. Two issues. Is it too much Ishtadlis? And which is not prominent in the Mepharshim, but mentioned as a possibility, and the chamar is a choice of weapons as opposed to a kosher animal. If you take a horn of a shore. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. If you're killing these dirty fish, then you should use a bear with Yeah, I, I, that's why I'm just mentioning, I like to give a, a fair representation of the various possibilities. Or take nothing. His hands, you can't kill. He's, he's about to... He's about to knock out a thousand people. The Gemara has the Havamina, the Gemara Nazir, that he's a Nazir. 
so you shouldn't touch dead bodies. But the maskana of that sugya, it's had all sorts of things. He touched them, he made them into a geysis, didn't kill them. Uh, the maskana is, uh, Nazir Shimshin is unique, and there's no tumas mace, and he can kill them. So once you're doing that already, and uh, one step removed, doesn't really make too much of a difference. Yes? What? Then he's uh, touching our viewers, and I can't even be killing a thousand of them. I don't know how big this thing was. <laughs> I think this glove ended up being, it's not a glove, it's just a, like a bone. But, uh, you know, you could touch something sideways. Uh, he was outside, so there was no tumazel at least, and Zashai looked uh, tumazel by a guy, whether it's Matame, but I, I don't know if that's why he did it. Yeah? They picked up like a bone. That by itself is, is, is too much. Yeah, so there are two options. Again, that's just one first one. The time of that, I didn't see that too many places. Miss Demas Lashayna, it sounds like that wasn't the problem. There will be a problem in too much of something in about three minutes in terms of taking credit, which is a Pella that can only be explained based on Shimshin's great Madrega. But it's going to be a big lesson for us. I, I'm still. Struggling, the minigolum is we say, and this is good already, when we have plans and when we're doing something, we say, Bezis Hashem, Mitz Hashem, and Ramesha has this famous chufo. When you have a Bez hay, it's a good idea to write that hay because the hay might represent Shem Hashem. That's a chiddish. Ramesha says, better not to use that because that hay, one would have thought the hay is the hay of Hashem, which case doesn't have Kedusha. But he says, no, it became a symbol of the hay from the shame etzem, and therefore it shouldn't be erased. And if you're writing on top of every correspondence, you used to have correspondence. You have a letter. And you, to, I, you say it's today. But what's co- say, I can't put that in an email. I can't put that in a text. That's, maybe, yeah, maybe not. That you can erase all pidin, even though it's not nice to do it. He's just on top of a letter with a pen. Use base samach dalid. And what does that mean? So it means besiat deshmaya. That Ramesha had referring to Hashem, when I was writing the title, I put certain words in caps. You might have noticed that. So as I was writing out Dishmaya, so I usually put the first word of the big word instead of an and and a the with a capital anywhere, but not always. But here it's Dishmaya. Siata means help. Dishmaya, so you have to put the S in. If you try to give respect, it's Dishmaya of so the, the, uh, the D. In this case, doesn't necessarily need it. But Ramesh says, at least that's not Seamus material. So what I'm trying to bring out is that we hope, we think that's a good thing. Ramesh agrees. He wasn't tightening on the expression. And we say that we're about to do something that we're doing a shtadlis in. And we want it to be, Be'ezus Hashem, Be'ezus Hashem, We want it to be with Hashem's help. Whatever language, Aramaic, Lashon HaKadosh, or English. So that's a good thing, though. It is. It depends on the madrega. It depends what you mean and how you're wording it. I'm not talking about that, Rashi Tavis, because we don't want it to mean that we're really doing great and we're so talented, but as religious people, we also understand it has to be with Siat Deshmaya. Is that true or not true? It's true because you have to do a shtadlis and Hashem will give you siyat shmaya. How much are you doing and how much talent is there in the mix? So the pristine hashkafa really is that we're being yetzir klola. They're going to work. It says you have to do a shtadlis, you have to think it through, deals to make sense. If you're writing a program, the numbers have to match and the, uh, 
and ones and zeros over there and whatever else you're doing. Everything has to make sense. You have to put effort into it. If you're putting needles into people, make sure it's in the right place, make sure you have the right person and the right thing in the needle right there. It um, looks like somebody started up with you as you were doing it uh, the other day. So that could be, if you don't concentrate, so you've got to do hishtadlis, and we call it serious hishtadlis. But at the end of the day, you have to know the panosa aspect, I'm not talking about when you're operating on somebody or building computers for things that uh, can make a serious difference in people's lives. So you have to do a good job because you can't make mistakes. In terms of the raining down of panosa from that, the less we take credit for, the better it is for everybody. And it's really no credit because you, we all know you can have somebody else in that industry making nothing or losing money. And they're doing the same thing. So at the end of the day, the club is you got to do their start list and you got to focus, but it has nothing to do with you. Nothing. So we're trying to say, Bisyat Tashmire, we're doing 50% Tashmire, we're doing 50%. That's not really what's going on. We could be doing a lot of Ishtadlis, but the result has nothing to do with us. So it's a bit of a Kiddush that this concept exists and that it is the Minig Yisrael. This Yad can be tricky that I'm doing very well, I'm talented, I'm great, and it's me, but as a firm person, it's not only me. So this Yad with Hashem's help. So it's coming from with Hashem's help. It's me, I have to do the Ishtadlis. That's the Gzeira on earth and call it Klala Sadamishan for work or it's not a Klala necessarily in every area if you're on earth you've got to do basic Hishtadlis and it is Bishtadlis so that's why it belongs on the paper as you start the correspondence if you do that still yes that's interesting I, that's I'm raising more of a question I'm not starting up with the Minigalim the Minigalim is good already because the people who don't want to bring Hashem into the picture every moment are are not doing the right thing. So you're suggesting, should we say that first? I hear. I don't, I don't know if most people uh, do that, but that sounds good. You're first saying that I'm just going along. Okay. You have to believe it first. You have to really believe nothing's going to work without this. <laughs> then I, I, I'm leading up to something. You'll see why I'm prepping you for this. But I just want to, I'm not trying to change the mini. The mini is the mini. We have to learn from the mini. The question is, uh, what is it teaching us? What? Yes, that's us also giving the Gemara, but uh, you're not saying Hashem's name Beetzim. If you say Beisam Adal, Beziat Tashmaya. And that's what people use. People say Bez is Hashem. This Ramesh's Shuva, you mean you don't want to say the name and then not. Okay. Ramesh's Shuva was said as in, if all things are equal, he thinks that Beisam Adal is better. It's not actual shame, especially if you say Bez is Hashem. You're saying Hashem. Uh, that's not the Beisam Shem Hashem. So, you'll see why I'm bringing that up in a moment. Tezva v'yimsa l'chei chamar t'riyah. It wasn't even a very strong bone. It was a young chamar that had died recently and uh, was lying around by a chamar. Didn't even give it a proper burial, which is not a taina. I do think for sanitary reasons they would, but maybe it was brand new. It was out in the open field and it was just there. And it was a bone already. V'yishlach yadai v'yikachah ba. Elef Ish, and he kills a thousand people. That's a large number when you're doing it with your hands, even with the help of a little bone. Probably didn't add too much to the mix. And he had the kaya for that. That was the nace. Vayamer Shimshin. Chamar Chamar It's a play on words. Made piles and piles of people using the same root word. Belochia Chamar he Casey 
Elef Ish. Now, if you wouldn't have had warnings this morning, you would have said that's a pretty innocuous Pasuk. He didn't misspeak, and he's stating the fact that what an ace. I killed a thousand people with a fragile bone. For whatever reason, he picked it up. There's an Indian Nisim, uh, a difficult sugya, because often you have Nisim and Hashem is, does something to be master part of the nase. Because you have to look for it. That's not an uncommon theme. The Kriyas Yamsuf, one of the biggest Nisim of all times, Hashem caused a wind to blow for a while. If somebody wants to be a Russia and not too intelligent, you can Sadiqim Yelchabah. <laughs> you can be obstinate if you want. There's still some room for it. So he picked up a bone. I think a bad bone doesn't make any sense. There are a thousand people standing here, and they're armed to the teeth, by the way. They came to arrest him. They're the ones, this is the army. They're celebrating. They finally got that prisoner. And one shot, he kills a thousand of them. So that's why I mentioned the last pasuk not really a serious time that picked it up in the first place. And this statement is amazing. I made piles and piles of neutralized Rishayim. That's the word they use today? Neutralized? A thousand neutralized Rishayim. Murderers who now can't hurt Klaesrom and will tell their friends. The friends that are still alive will tell their friends. And Haladavru. That sounds like a pretty uh, positive statement. So maybe for us it would have been and if you look at the next Pusik, it was apparently a big problem. As soon as he said that, throws away his quote-unquote weapon, puts it down, he has no use for it. So Ramas means a hill of Lachi. It was named now after the Meira, and names it after the Lachi. Why not name it Ramas Shchitas uh, Haretzchim? Or Ramas uh, Nikamas Klayisrael, or interesting, he named it after the Lechi when the jury's still out whether that was even uh, an important part in any sense. Certainly a short name, a way to remember it. And he wanted to name it after the Nace. So, so far, so good. He admires what the Nace was. He killed a thousand Plishtim, and he renamed the place, or named the place. Not everything in the map was used up, by the way, so you could still name things then without too much red tape. I don't think you have to rename it. They're in the middle of nowhere, and they're on a hill. So he named it Ramas Lachi, yes. It's called already Lachi. No, it's called Al Shame this. Yeah, no, but that was this. The Parshim say that's, uh, that's this name coming in a few Pesukim. So this was not in the middle of B'nai Brak. Uh, yeah, but it's all Al Shame, uh, Al Shame Asad. You have that a lot in Chumash. Right after that, Pasuk Yuches, V'yitzma Ma'id. All of a sudden he's thirsty and not stomp thirsty. This was a rough day. He's arrested by his fellow Jews, has a whole conversation with them to make sure no one's going to get hurt, gets handed over, they celebrate for about 90 seconds, and then he has to kill a thousand of them. Does it effortlessly, but it takes time to pile up a thousand. And all of a sudden he's thirsty, but the Pusik is not going to report that he's stomp thirsty, even though they're not near any major 7-Eleven or water cooler, but that's not a noteworthy event. As the Pasuk will make clear in a moment, all of a sudden he got so terribly thirsty he can't move and he's about to die. Which from one minute to the next surprises us, but it surprises him a lot more. What brought this on? 
Says he brought this great nace and chua for me and Klai Yisrael. Now I'm going to die. He realized he was so weak. He was on the brink of death. Now I'm going to die and the police is still looking and they're surveying the damage and probably coming to bury the people and they're going to see me and I'm just going to fall into their hands. So he used the most powerful tefillin, you can use, Moshe Rabbeinu uses this a couple of times in the Midbar. Not for himself. Actually, he had an offer on the table that he would become the new Klai which he did not want. <laughs> and uh, when all else failed, he said to Kodesh Baruch Hu, this is going to be a massive Chil Hashem if Klai is wiped out as they deserve from Chet Egel and other things that happened. The Mitzvim is going to say that we told you so and Hashem just took you out to kill you. And that argument won. So Shimshin here is saying... He's not involving himself. Whatever he did wrong, which we'll go back to in a moment, he says, if I die here and I fall in the hands of these Arelim, these Rishayim, so not only is it going to be very bad for me, obviously, but the main point he's making, the only point he's making is it's going to be a Chil Hashem. Yes? Maybe the Tzion Shvach, maybe that he, today we would have called this PTSD, and, and he didn't call PTSD, he said, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not um, to be in a battle scene. You know, they're treating what was probably a reaction by soldiers who saw real action on front lines without Russia Davis. As they got back and they were, we would say, bent out of shape, but that's also a modern expression. And it probably happened before, it probably happens more now. I'm not belittling anybody who's in such a matzav, understandably, can have a nervous breakdown, Rahman But Sometimes the people treating it, they all mean well, let's assume. And they treat it, or they get back into regular life, and they're forced to go back to work, and they get back into it, and time heals. Sometimes in areas like this, you could start giving Rosh Tevis and making a whole thing out of it, and start treating it, quote-unquote, and cause more, I'm not coming to Taina on the good doctors and therapists are trying to treat it, and sometimes they do a great job. But there are situations where if you make more out of it, you can create a chayli. That's what you're referring to, right? That wouldn't be... And the Raya Dover is... Yeah, I didn't do a study on this. In Viltina, there were always people like this. And they didn't get treated and they were crazy the rest of life. And that's probably true. There were X amount like that. Shaila is what the numbers are. How many of your average soldier sees combat? Take World War II. Millions of people saw combat. And... Many of them, what America calls the uh, great generation, is that what they call them? I don't know any people. Came back World War One, World War II, millions and millions of soldiers. I didn't study it uh, exhaustively, but I f- the impression I have is most of them, when society was a little more normal, most of them came back, and if they weren't injured, but they just saw a lot and they went through a lot. I mean, landing in Normandy on D-Day must have been quite an experience. Just, just the things exploding around you, you can go, we, we. And they came back and they took jobs and they uh, went into a very, very big boom economically, what pulled America out of the Depression finally, after all the New Deals, was war. When you tell the enemy we're going to put a battleship in the water like every month, which people thought was absolutely impossible, uh, they did it. 
created jobs and, uh, and moving into the 50s. We spoke about Zashal Shudas yesterday. This is Al uh, Adais Yisrael, the Klai Yisrael, the remnant should come at least to a, a Mokom and Azman and an arena where you can make Parnassa and, and take the ride up, which Baruch Hashem was done and it continues to be done. And my impression is the vast majority of them did just that. They rolled up their sleeves, came back, got married, started families, and took jobs. No? Is that a good for anybody closer to that uh, action? Uh, is that your impression also? Uh, the Jews certainly did it. They were through far worse. Whatever the GIs saw on the beaches of Normandy, the people in Auschwitz saw more in one minute. And uh, neither was too pretty, but that was worse. And yes, there were people about Meshuggah, but that wasn't, they didn't take every single person and say, well, let's treat you for five years and then we'll, uh, we've got no time, we've got to get a job, we've got to put ourselves into it. Was it easy? No. Did they have nightmares? Yes. But they accomplished. They didn't become disabled for the rest of their lives. So there has to be some balance there. Again, not tightening on the good people who help the people who really need the help. Uh, but to say that, well, if we don't do this for X amount of time, you never get out of your system, you might have nightmares. Okay, if you can solve that to ensure they don't, that's great. But if you convince them that they really can't function that well and we're going to work on it for a long time, the jury would still be out. How much are we gaining and how much are we losing? So that's uh, whenever these things are quoted or misquoted, please quote me directly, even if they're misquoting it. Make sure it's a, that's an important balance. Part of the situation is that if you make everybody weaker and weaker and weaker, then you accomplish nothing and if everybody's constantly for a generation that has solved all the things that we could possibly solve certainly in the area of the mind why are so many people on so many things more than ever before if we're so good at solving all the weaknesses so why is I'm talking about Gaim I'm even talking about Yidin just why is it they're able to get back in uh, 45, 46 rope their sleeves and get to work the answer is because they had to. And the human brain, the human body, and the human psychic is a stronger, possibly, than a lot of people think. So if that's what you're referring to, that five-minute Russia, that was your remez, right? So Shimshin didn't have, uh, which Russia tables did you use? There are a few of them around. PTSD? Okay, yeah. So, no, they didn't have. And by the way, this is not his most difficult fight. <laughs> but, uh, I would say if we're working with foxes and torches, they're already bent out of shape. Just trying to catch some foxes. He was Shimshin, huh? But they call him Shimshin Agibar, Shimshin Asadik, Shimshin Ashefit. Shimshin Ashefit is always uh, accurate, and Shimshin Asadik is accurate also. And the Gibar is the debate we had. So, all of a sudden, he understood something was going on over here, and all of a sudden, he was thirsty at the point of death. So, he uses the argument because he's a Shefit, and he knows that work with Moshe Rabbeinu. If I die, it's going to be a chil Hashem, and then Klai Yisrael is going to be in big trouble with the police They're going to come take revenge, and I'm not finished my job, and I uh, need to survive. And the good news is that tefillah works, and Hashem is going to put in his head to do the following action, which is the Apostle test, and there's going to be an ace, and the water is going to come from a very unlikely place. Once you have an ace already, water can come out of rocks, can come out of a, a cavity where a tooth was. Remember, there's a jaw nearby. There's cavities, the teeth, you know. So you can have a spring come forth from anywhere if it's an ace, and that's what's going to happen. Here already, they point out that this is not a great sign that the water has to be coming from a mamisha makar that's tummy. 
whether or not that's a critique, they shouldn't have used this as a weapon or something in his hands. In the first place, a different story, but this already is not a good simim. And we'll see the nace, but then we have to go back and figure out what he did wrong. Pasig Yates. Vayivka lakim es samachtesh asher belachi veitzim en amayim vayesh vatashav ruchoi. Spring comes forth and he drinks and he doesn't die. Vayachi. Alkain, sounds like it gets back to his regular strength. Alkain kara shema ein hakeri asher belachi. So this is now a thriving metropolis. Not only does the general area have a name, he now has a name for the Mokom exactly where this happened. So it's a neighborhood within the area. And the Ein HaKari Asher Belachi is the place where Shimshon cried out to Akash Baruch Hu in the district of Lachi where he almost died. He names the place this. That means there's a big sign there. And when your tour guide takes you there, he's going to explain to you what happened which is great because we're here to learn from this and we have to see what we're supposed to learn. What I find interesting, if he names it, was he only naming it for the Yidden? This area, we don't know exactly where it was, it was out of the district of Yehuda and he's already had walked to the Plishtim camp. So it's in Plishtim areas. That means if a Plishti tour guide takes you there? So is that a Chil Hashem itself? They ask, well, yeah, that's an interesting name. What's the story behind that? Said, well, Shimshin said something and he, well, they're going to they're spin it that Shimshin killed a thousand plishtim and God punished him and he almost died. Well, a plishti, or some variation of that word, could tell us a story because they're very good at telling half-truths. That has nothing to do with the story. They should say, he almost died here and he cried out to the one and only God and that God made another nace and saved him. So tell the local tour guides, either the ones in the Mercedes or the ones on the camels, uh, that they have to tell the same story. And he felt it was part of the Kiddush Hashem to rename the place so people will understand that he'll remember and that other people know the story that HaKash Baruch will do Nisim, but only if you're Makir, the Yad Hashem, and you have to be Makir and your Madrega, what an Avera is, and do Tshuva for it quickly. So what was the Avera? So We'll actually read one more Pusik before we go back to that to show you, remind you of his godless. And I think that's one of the reasons that puts the Pusik here. Uh, some of us would say he became the Shafit now, because at this point, the people in Klaisol, specifically Yehuda, who just handed him over, remember last week discussing a lot of them, or most of them, or all of them, nobody really exactly knew what was going on. They had tainas. And here they're all witnessing the tremendous nays, handing them over, they're watching from the other hill, and he kills a thousand of them, almost dies, Davins, and then there's another nays. So some say they chose him now to be the official Dayan. They knew that he was capable intellectually and his learning level and the like, but now they saw his sitkus. So if anybody had any doubt before, if the people had a doubt, is this guy a traitor or not a traitor, they realize now the plan, they made him an official Dayan. Others say that no, he was... A dying, and the Pasuk here is just reminding us of that. Why would he remind us of that now? To tell you his tremendous, remind you of his tremendous madrega, which is why he's able to accomplish what he accomplished thus far, but he's also held accountable if he says one thing wrong. And both are true in this Pasuk, so let's see Pasuk Chaf, the last Pasuk in the Perik. Yishpah Yisrael b'meh plishtim esrim shana. So what was the Avera? What was the Avera in his madrega? What was the, uh, we call it misspeak? He misspoke. So go back to the Pasuk. Uh, he killed a thousand plishtim and was not the least bit tired, didn't have any PTSD uh, at all, and um, 
had these encounters before and brushed himself off and walked away. That didn't happen over here. He fell down from weakness and he was dying of thirst and he recognized that and his last possible strength was used for this tefillah of Hashem. If I die, this could be a terrible chil Hashem. And the Pasuk doesn't say what happened over here. So, getting back to our Bisyat Hashemayim Be'ezz Hashem, the beginning of the sentence at the end of the sentence. So, Go back to Tezayin again. So again, I sort of warned you and prepped you. The Pusik sounds good to us. We would say this, and that's fine. He's describing the nace. Apparently for Shimshin, the nace was of such magnitude for him and his madrega and the madrega of the nace to take any credit whatsoever here was out of line. And due to his sitkas, Hashem let him know right away. Like the next second, he tossed it out of his hand and he come out fainted. And which word was out of line? Easy. Yep. Pretty scary. And we're not Shimshon. You're probably thinking now, I'm not Shimshon, so I'll take some credit. We'll just say Bez Hashem. That's why I started. Uh, Bez Hashem is the minig and we should still do that. And it's good. Shaila is why that's the minig. It's not with Hashem's help. So what we mean is, it is with Hashem's help. We have to do X amount of Ishtadlis. So it's with Hashem's help because part of the condition of being human is in a physical world. You've got to do physical Ishtadlis. You've got to remember, it's only going to work with Siat Hashemaya. You also have to remember that you really have nothing to do with the result, not a little to do with the result. And apparently, in Shemayim, the fact he piled up people and he killed a thousand people and uh, so that part was good. But the end of the Pasuk, Belachia Hamar, he Kesi Elafish, apparently should have been Belachia Hamar, we'll leave out the Belachia Hamar, he'll leave it out completely, leave it out of the Shvachva Adaya, is Hashem killed a thousand people. Because an ace like this, you didn't do anything. You couldn't even kill one. As a matter of fact, you were bound up in rope. You couldn't even move. So that was an ace. They melted. And then they went like this. They killed a thousand people. The impact of if you were wearing boxing gloves, except for maybe you in the back, uh, <laughs> you couldn't kill somebody. In the, you have a thousand people. So you might have a direct hit on one of them. You know, it just goes, this is not a long campaign. So everything was a nice nigla. And they recognized it. That's why they're so scared of him. They don't know what he's all about. They, they might think it's Kishif. I'm not saying they're mocker of the Benish them. But the people in Yehuda see it and they say, oh, he's really a Siat Shmaya, a nice nigla. We're going to make him a Dayan. Uh, we're going to reinstate him as a Dayan. He's not a traitor. And he's Zaychet to all this. He said the word, he Kesi Elavish. Now, you ask him what he meant. Of course he meant, I had the Siat Shmaya that I was the Shliach that. Hashem helped me get rid of a thousand Rashaim. Of course that's what he meant. But he took a little bit of himself and put it in the picture. And for an honor of an Asadic like this, that's dangerous and out of line. And Kemati was Chayav Misa. He was, he was going to be retired from his job. And his tefillah is going to be that the Plishtim is still a threat and if I fall into their hands, I'm going to be useless and it's going to be a Chil Hashem. Now, keep this in mind. Contrast this with what you know is going to happen. We don't know too much about Shimshim. We're learning something every week. But we all know at the end he is captured due to other missteps on his madrega. 
and he is captured and he's pretty useless because he's bound up and he can't get out and he's blind and he's in a prison and it is a Chil Hashem and his last fila is going to be it's a horrible Chil Hashem can I at least and he offers to use Chai from Olam Abba for one of his eyes shows you what a Chusa was to get rid of the rest of the Plishtim and have them scared for another 20 years and save Klai for 20 years that's a big Chus he had to give up like half his Chai whether when he got to Elam Habba, he gave up half his harm. It's that, the most famous story. If I had to ask you, give me a story about an Esrug and Schar, you'd all tell me the same story. It's only one famous story, right? Nope. The Vonnegain with the Esrug, with the Seicher, he didn't want to sell it. They'd probably tell the story about the Vonnegain, the Baal Shem Tev, and maybe Kaldol in between, uh, and as is befitting. And uh, the guy didn't want to sell it unless he gets the Schar of the uh, Gain's Esrug, Luv and Esrug that day. And the guy had no choice. Uh, it's no sale otherwise. And he brought them, and he was very happy. So all my years, I've been waiting to do something lishma. You finally do it without schar. Mamish lishma. No schar. That's the deal. Otherwise, not lachem. Lamafreir. If you want schar for this, wasn't your esrog? So you're not getting schar anyway. So I'll just take it for the ma'aser mitzvah. Kavaldik. So that's a very famous story. So. Did he get schar for doing that mitzvah l'shma in Elam Haba? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so that schar also goes to the seller, so then otherwise it's not love. So, ain't lono esek benesteris. I don't know what Shimshin is going to offer, I don't know, take away anything, but he, he's really offering the schar of one of his eyes, that's, that's big, uh, to take down the stadium and the rest of the plishtim. And whatever the deal in Shamayim did, I don't think nobody loses out from these things. He really did Lashma and he was really, whatever he did wrong at that point, he did full truva for, and he dies. In the process, Zechat Tikvuras, and Ace there also. We'll get to that later on. But it's a similar time. I'm here to do the job, and it's a Chil Hashem. Can I at least undo that Chil Hashem? And he did, because they realized that, yes, we caught him, but we paid a heavier price, did more damage, far more damage, that one Misa than everything they did in his lifetime. So even when things are really, really over, he's going to teach us, and we'll repeat that in a few months down the line, that you can make a tikkun as long as your heart is still beating. You can still do tremendous things, even in a pretty sorry state. So over here, he's using that time at the beginning. He didn't know if he'd survive over here, but he says, if I, I killed a thousand people, it's a good start, but we're, please them, we're not scared enough yet, and if I die, that's going to be a chil Hashem and undo everything, and I need to survive with that schus, and he does. But all this is for three words, that he said he Casey Elavish, even though he meant I did it, of course, with Siat Hashemaya. So I'm still a bit puzzled. With Siat Hashemaya is a great step to keep Hashem on your mind all the time and understand you don't really do anything, but you're sort of taking credit, so you shouldn't take any credit. What it means is I have to do Hishtadlis, and I do the Hishtadlis only with Siat Hashemaya, and that is Pshat and the Minig. Yes? What did he say? It doesn't say who he said it. He didn't say it to anybody. That, that was the problem. He, so he said it to himself. He probably said the words, but it was to himself. Yeah, his audience was now in the Elamemis. So uh, it could be he said it loud enough that there were people from Yehuda on that hill and other police him over here, and he wanted to be maximum. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he said it very loud. But love Davka. But that, that, therein lies the, the issue. He's such a madrega, even if he just said it to himself. If uh, somebody zechet to such a madrega to save Klai Yisrael and to do these amazing nisim, you got to be extra careful, but we have to be careful as well because you have to know what Beis Amadal means and where it fits in. So that was including the Musr for today because we didn't get to the Messias Hashem.
Bet Hashem will continue. Have a good day.